We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Gibbon with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? We're the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Darrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68 after dark. Okay, so the schedule hasn't exactly been overwhelming the last uh, couple nights of the college hoop season as it's gotten underway. However, last night we did see Michigan State go down to James Madison. Tonight, an SEC, SEC program lost to a Presbyterian team that had lost 18 straight games to end last season. Uh, we had a big-time matchup that's going on right now between number 20 Baylor and Auburn out in Sioux Falls. Uh, welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark, sponsored now by BetMGM. And welcome back, uh, Tyler Hansbro, former North Carolina star, National Player of the Year. Chris Mack, former Xavier Louisville head coach and uh, well-known uh, Field of 68 alum. Now you've had a year under your belt, Mac, so you're ready to go in year two. All right, so Appreciate first, it. Mac, I want to hit you. And I don't need a diatribe like we had last night from Rob Doster on this, but but I want I want to know from a coach's perspective, how do we improve the schedule? Because it has been god awful the the first week of the season. I mean, you look at it last night, Mac. There were 185 games, 72 involved non D ones. Tonight, almost half of the games involved non D ones. St. Mary's yesterday, a top 20 team beat Stanislaus State, whatever the hell it is, by 80 points. What the hell are we doing? Yeah, I, I don't get the Division II love, you know, in terms of like the opening weekend and the opening set of games. Obviously, you know, a lot of high major schools have the exempt events that are, that are coming up in Thanksgiving. And, and you know, the, I, I think that for those type of teams, Jeff, they're not necessarily going to run such a gauntlet all the way through, you know, you've got your rivalry games that you have, you have these conference challenges, whether it's ACC, Big Ten, uh, whether it's Big East, Big 12, you have those that are on the schedule. And again, you have 
Bahamas, you have Hawaii, you have all these different exempt events that, that are on the schedule. Uh, and, you know, half the country's not even paying attention to basketball in the first two, three weeks. I think coaches with the transfer portal don't necessarily know what they have, what their team's going to look like. I think they want to give them a little bit of confidence as they start the year. I don't get all the Division II games. I, I'm, I'm sure that it just doesn't affect their RPI or their, their net, That's why. Uh, the I should net. say. Yeah, the net. That's why, the net. But uh, at the same time, you know, I, we, we never really scheduled Division II opponents other than exhibition games. Hey, Tyler, your Carolina team struggled a little bit last night. They made it interesting for at least a half against Radford. Then they pulled away. How about this stat, by the way? We're going to get to Michigan State in a minute, the one team that, that lost in the top 20. The other 19 teams in the top 20 who played last night won by an average of 39 points. That's how bad it was. Carolina, I think, won by 60. So they, they played it close. What was your take on your on your Tar Heels game one? Well, my first take uh, for me was that we, uh, we continued uh, to stay positive and we pulled a close one out in the second half. Even though last year we saw at times where this team would face a little adversity and they would kind of show bad body language and they wouldn't really fight through it. Uh, so that's a positive sign that they're able to pull it, pull it together and have a big second half. But the thing that stands out to me is they had 18 assists last night. And we saw last year where they struggled, they had like single-digit single assist games. Uh, so they're sharing the ball. They are an older team. I think Cormac Ryan uh, came out and uh, had a big game for them. I think he's going to be a big-time player, transferred 25 years old. Uh, these, you know, these veteran players that uh, teams are getting in the portal, we're starting to find out how important those guys are. And especially having older, stronger, or, you know, these veteran players can benefit a team now, uh, as you saw last year with San Diego State. Uh, so I, I like the addition of the uh, the transfers, especially Cormac, Cormac Ryan, Harrison Ingram. He's a guy who can play multiple positions. And score so it looks like they have good chemistry right now rj davis who i'm expecting to have a big year uh, had a good game but also their pace of play was much faster this year they're getting back to running which i like to see and uh, that's the carolina way to me so it was good to see him run again all right carolina wins michigan state does not a top five team a team that i picked to go to the final four tyson walker was great but they lose at home to james madison in overtime you know, listen, the one thing that surprises me with this, Mac, is they have a lot of veterans back. You know, it's not like they lost a ton. They brought in some some really good freshmen, and I think right. Izzo's going to try to figure that out, right? Jeremy Fears, a freshman. Do you sit A.J. Hogard, who's been up and down his career? What do you do? How much do we look into a loss like this for Michigan State, or or is this a throwaway at the end of the day? Well, I don't know if it's a throwaway because it's not a good loss. You know, obviously you want to start the season on a positive note. You know, three of their, uh, you know, returning players in Hoggard, uh, you know, Akins and uh, Malik Hall, I think they were combined six of 33, which is less than 20%. And just listen to Izzo in his press conference. You could tell he was their defensive intensity. And I think he, he sort of felt like it was because of so many missed free throws that uh, you know, sort of took the air out of Michigan State's balloon on the defensive end. And uh, because of that, they, they just really struggled to guard JMU, who got in the lane at will. 
um, and banged in some threes. But, you know, when you're three veteran players um, outside of, you know, Tyson Walker, Hogard, Aikens, and, and Malik Hall shoot that poorly, uh, it's going to be tough. I know they've got some freshmen, but those guys have, have been there before, and um, I think he was really surprised at their performance last night. But shouldn't you be able to win a grinder? I mean, you, you do have veterans back. You're more talented. You're Michigan State. You're tough. Like, Tyler, you go out in that first game, and you're amped up, aren't you? I don't care if it's your freshman year. I don't care if it's your senior year. You are amped up to play because you've been waiting all off season for this. And, again, you're Michigan State. It's not like you're coming off some great year last year. Yeah, you're excited, and uh, sometimes nerves can play a factor. I don't care if you're senior, junior. Uh, yep. You've been having hard practices. The hardest practices are always in the beginning. Uh, so guys could be a little nervous. Uh, they went one for 20 from the three-point line, uh, which is going to be tough to win when you do that uh, in today's game. But also, I'm not worried about Michigan State because they have Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo, is a, he's a grinded-out coach. I am a little surprised when I look at the stat sheet and see that they gotten – uh, out-rebounded last night uh, from James Madison, which is a big shocker to me. But I think Izzo will find a way. He has players, and it kind of goes against, you know, his pedigree is, is losing these grinded-out games and especially getting out-rebounded. Yeah, I mean, they're healthy. That That's the biggest thing. Last year, I remember seeing them in Portland, and, and they were all banged up. They're actually healthy now. I'm not really worried about them, but I think what Izzo's got to figure out is, like, Who's he going to ride on this team, right? They got a lot of good players, and Walker was the one guy who showed up last night. But, again, it's those freshmen that are really talented, right? Cohen Carr is a freak athlete. Beers is probably better than Hoger, to be honest, but he's a freshman. So how, how much are you going to be able to play him right away? How do you figure out that situation? I think they got a lot of good players. I'm not worried about Michigan State here, but, again, I think – and. and Izzo always plays a really tough schedule. I mean, they got to go next week. They got to play in Champions Classic. There's nothing easy for Michigan State. You wonder if, if I know Izzo doesn't want to lose this one, but it gets their attention right away, Mac, doesn't it? Yeah, there's no way that Izzo wants to lose that one. I, I don't care who your coach is. If you're a player and you come out on opening night and lose the game the way they did, that's going to get your attention, you know, and you're obviously going to have your ears perked up and you know, you're going to be ready to go in the next few practices leading up to that. But, uh, you know, like Tyler said, if there's anybody that, that will get his team to improve over the course of the year, it's Tom Izzo. And, you know, it's just surprising to me that the veterans uh, that he had that I, that I mentioned before just didn't play well. Like, you know, not one of them, you know, all three of them didn't play well. And that, that's, that's what it took for JMU to come out with a win. And, and kudos to those guys for that. Auburn Baylor now tied at 77 with about 248 left in Sioux Falls. Um, we just talked about the team of the night, James Madison, the player of the night, Tyan Grant Foster. Grand Canyon, incredible story. I caught up with him earlier today, and, man, you're going to want to hear about this because uh, Grant Foster, again, one of the cool stories in college basketball, went for 30 last night in his first game in two years. All right, now pleased to welcome in uh, the star of the opening night, and that is none other than Tyon Grant Foster. And, man, your story's crazy. Uh, crazy congrats uh, going for 30 in your first game in basically two years' time. 
what, what did it feel like before we tell your story a little bit? What did it feel like to be out there after two years uh, off? It felt great. It's really a like surreal feeling, like to be back out there just doing the thing that I love. But it, it felt great, great to get out there and just do what I love doing. So you're with your your road has been uh, well traveled uh, to say the least, right? Uh, yeah, grew up in Kansas City, uh, that area. Uh, now at Grand Canyon, started your college career at Indian Hills, went to Kansas for a year. We'll get back to that. Then transferred to DePaul. Uh, your first game at DePaul is November 10th, 2021 against Coppin State. It's the season opener. And uh, you have a, a great first half. I think you had like nine points in about 15 minutes. Yeah. Tell me what happened next. So we, um, I had just hit a three going into halftime. And we needed it. We were, it was like a close game. We were down, just hit a three to put us up one. And then I just ran into the, uh, ran into the locker room for halftime. And, and then I just got lightheaded. Then I passed out. Then I just woke up and everybody was around me. And I I didn't know what was wrong. So I just got up. Then I was like, what's going on? And then they told me everything that happened in the situation. Did you think at that point it was something like, hey, I I, I just didn't have enough water or something like that? And, you know, I passed out and I'm, I'm good to go. I'm going to go back out there and play the second half or no? Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely was like, I just thought I was like dehydrated or something because I just got lightheaded and, and that's all it was. So at that point, I'm like, all right, I'm about to get up. We about to go play again and everything. But then they were like, no, stay down. Everybody like trying to make me stay down and everything. And I was just like, I was trying to figure out what's going on. But nobody wouldn't tell me until later. So, so when when was later? When did somebody and how did you find out what really happened? Um, I found out when I was on my way to the hospital. Literally, when I got in the ambulance and I was on my way to the hospital, that's when they told me what happened. Who who were you with on your way to the the hospital and the ambulance? I was with Doctor P- uh, Dwayne Peavy, uh, the AD at uh, DePaul, and I was with Mike Summers, our uh, uh, athletic trainer. So you, you go to the hospital. Uh, I assume you have all these tests done. Um, did you know at that point that there was a good chance there was something with your heart? Yeah, after they told me what happened, yeah, I I definitely knew it was something that had to do with my heart. So it was like everything else was just out the window. So after all the tests and everything, that's when they confirmed it. So do you remember where you were, how you were kind of told, hey, listen, you may not ever play again? Yeah, I, I was. It was it was like I was in the hospital for like a week, week and a half. And then after all the tests had got done, they had told me it was a possibility that I probably couldn't play again, but um, they weren't sure. So you basically are a student then. You go back home, right, and you're taking classes online uh, while trying to figure out exactly what you need to do to be able to hopefully play basketball again. What was that road like? What, you know, kind of take me through what you're doing that year. I'm literally just – waiting I had to be patient I couldn't because all I had to do was um my schoolwork and everything I couldn't work out I couldn't do anything the doctors told me not to do anything so like at that at this point I'm just waiting on my doctor's appointments and like I literally I didn't have no control over how long that took and everything so I had to just be patient and, and wait it out so that year you're doing different doctor's appointments you're 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 waiting 
And again, nothing kind of happens that year, right? You're just a student, online student, taking classes at, at DePaul, um, nothing else that whole year. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Just just online at, at home taking classes. So what was that like, you know, from a standpoint of, of trying to keep yourself? And I know you're a very positive person, always smiling, but it had to test you. No, nah, it, it definitely did. It definitely was hard, but just having the people around me just to keep me locked in, keep me focused, especially my mom. Like she is probably the most faithful person that I know. Like she knew she would always tell me like, you're going to be okay. She said, God got you, son. You're going to be okay. You're going to play again. So that just, and just like people like Reese, just keeping me, letting me know that that I'm going to be good and that they got me regardless. So that, that really helped me a lot and I needed it. All right. So you get through that year. Um, probably not easy. And then last year comes along another year of, of sitting and waiting, right? What, what was the difference between two years ago and, and last year? What did you end up doing all last season? Um, I would say last year I had, my little brothers were playing basketball. So like I had something to go do. I would go watch them play and all of that. And then go, I, I wouldn't work out, but just watch them work out and stuff and then help them. Um, get better at, at their game so but it got a lot easier as well because I had, had positive feedback from my doctor so this is at this point I'm starting to get positive feedback like okay this is looking good this is looking good and the test that I'm doing they're looking good so it just it started to get a lot easier are you thinking at some point though like all right I don't know how many now thankfully you guys have the COVID year also now so you got an extra year that way but are you thinking Hey, listen, time's kind of running out on me here. I, you know, I'm getting a little bit older and I'm not sure I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. You know, maybe I get one year left to to try to see what I can do. Yeah, but I really, I really wasn't thinking too much on that part. I was just worried about getting back to playing and getting back in playing shape. And then once I do get the opportunity, just play basketball the way I know I can play. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. That 
That was Ty and Grant Foster, uh, Grand Canyon. Unbelievable story, Mac. I mean, two years off to come back. Think about that, like conditioning. You know, he's not near 100%. He hasn't played a game. He wasn't able to really do anything for almost two years. No five-on-five, no contact, no nothing. And he drops 30 in his first game back. And cool to see. Cool to see him smiling that whole time. I mean, how confident can you be as a player after sitting out that long? I mean, you mentioned the conditioning, but to me, it's not even the conditioning. It's just the rhythm of being able to score that many points and feel that confident about yourself. Uh, good for him, man. Sounds like a uh, a long road, but hopefully a happy ending for him. Crazy part, Tyler. They could in a couple weeks, November 19th, they play in an MTE. They could play DePaul. And I asked him, I said, wow. like, what would it mean to play DePaul again? Would that bring back bad, bad memories? He's like, no, no, no. I have nothing but good memories about DePaul and everything that happened there. Obviously, he almost died. Um, but in terms of how they supported him after that, and, and you know, you knew he wasn't going to be cleared right away to play at DePaul. Yeah, and it also puts things in perspective. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this is definitely a game – and then to have that taken away, you you really realize how important life is when you get an injury like that and you're away from the game. But also, he may have really missed it. And then, uh, you know, uh, taking shots into his mind and uh, was just excited to get back on the court. So I can't imagine, uh, you know, what he's been through. But also, I respect him for staying the course and staying with it for after two years. Uh, that's very respectful. All right, we got Baylor 85, Auburn 79. The Bears have taken the lead with 47.7 seconds left. Next up, we'll break down the end of this game live on After Dark. College basketball season kicks off this week, and there is no better way to get prepared for the wild finishes, the bad beats, and the total unpredictability of the sport that we all love than by purchasing access to the Almanac, a project that we at the Field of 68 partnered on with three-man weave, heat check CBB, and verbal commits. Unlike last season, the Almanac is no longer a PDF. Rather, it is a website that features more than 1,500 words on each and every one of the 362 Division I teams in college basketball. We wrote more than 800,000 words in total. We spoke to every single Division I head coach to get a feel for the rosters, the rotation, the projected starter lineups, and what they think their team is going to look like this year. For everyone, from the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, they deserve to be covered like they matter. And over at the Almanac, that is precisely what we do. Access costs just $19.99 for the year and can be purchased at the link in the description below. And now, back to our show. All right, welcome back. After Dark, I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Chris Mack. We got Tyler Hansborough here, and we got a great game in Sioux Falls. Everybody wondering why the hell Auburn and Baylor played in Sioux Falls, but uh, that crowd got treated to a hell of a game. Never more than eight points either way. Auburn looked like they had control. Baylor kind of comes back late here. Jacoby Walter, Baylor's freshman, carried him early. Uh, but then, honestly, Ray J. Dennis, the Toledo transfer, makes some big plays late. They're up four right now with 27.3 seconds left. How big a win would this be, Mac, for for Baylor to be able to pull it off the way they did, really not being in control the whole game and being able to go home with a win like this for a program that, again, they've got a lot of new dudes on this team. 
Yeah, they sure do. It'd be uh, that'd be a great win for Coach Drew. I mean, you think about it. You know, you talked about Ray J. Dennis and, and him making some plays down the stretch, but at halftime he had seven turnovers and uh, they they looked out of sorts. Um, I thought the game, you know, just watching from from afar seemed super physical. A lot of a lot of uh, hand checks not being called, a lot of legal ball screens not being called. Like two teams really athletic going at it. Uh, you mentioned Jacoby Walter. Wow, what a freshman! And um, this is an NCAA tournament game. Just just watching these two teams battle it out. You talked about not really having those type of games to start the season, but this sure is one. Yeah, I commend both of these coaches, right? Bruce Pearl, Scott Drew, for playing a game like this. Again, the only thing I would say, and, and it's a good atmosphere in a neutral court, I would have loved to have a home and home starting off. I just think those atmospheres are, are better for the game than, than playing. A, we've gotten into this neutral court thing so much now. Um, how deflating is this for, for Auburn, Tyler? They came in unranked. This would have been a huge, huge win for them. And right now they're down three with 19 seconds left. Still have a chance, but how tough would it be to go home from Sioux Falls with a loss? That's a tough way to start your season, but you got to realize, you know, Baylor's a, a quality team. Uh, so unlike a lot of these schools that play these D2 schools uh, and just get an easy win, uh, I respect Auburn, you know, stepping up and playing, taking on Baylor right away. Uh, but also one thing I do respect is Scott Drew. He trusts his freshman. Uh, last year, Keontae George, he let him run uh, and get some buckets up. And now this year, you know, the, the Walters kid going at it again. I mean, I respect him. Yeah, I mean, listen, the one thing I would say about Auburn that, that worried me last year and worries me again this year a little bit, point guard play. Trusting your point guard. And, and again, Ray J. Dennis struggled in the first half, but at least he is a veteran and he kept his poise in this one. Uh, we're, we're, we'll kind of break it down here at the end, Mac. Uh, Auburn, Fowles, Baylor. Line. Yeah, about 16 seconds left. You know, you're just trying to get extend the game as much as you can right now if if, if you're Auburn, if you're Bruce Pearl. First time going to the free throw line. This will uh, just be interesting. There you go. Yeah, Ray J. Dennis. Mac Key addition, one of the biggest yeah. – honestly, one of the biggest keys in the, in the country. You know, he comes in as a point guard who replaces a, L.J. Cryer left. L.J. Cryer uh, yeah. Flagler graduate, he left. So, really, they had their backcourt last year. Now you had to fill that void, and, and Ray J. Dennis hits the first one. So, he's come up huge here. That, to me, says a ton about a kid. Like, a mid-major player who transfers up, he's playing in one of the biggest stages of his career, right? And, he, like you said, he's awful first half. Awful. Yeah. And somehow he finds a way – at the end of the game, he hits another one. Two free throws, making big plays. That's that's a lot mental toughness, man, right? I mean, understand, like, he played in the MAC, and I, I know it's not a power conference, but, like, he's used to playing against really good guards and really good competition. And uh, for him to be able to shake off having seven turnovers in the first half and be as poised as he was in the second half, go to the free throw line with 16 seconds left in a one-possession game, where he hadn't been in the line yet. It's one thing if you're in a groove, you've been in the free throw line eight times, you know how it feels, but you get there 39 minutes and 44 seconds into the game with the game on the line, 
It's two big free throws, but he's been there before. Where, where you've watched Jacoby Walter here for a little bit, Tyler. I mean, Whew. it's your first look at him. I haven't seen him play much either, but man, he looks the part. You know, sometimes when you just look at a kid for a little while, you're like, all right, he's that big wing. You know, he's not a prolific scorer. At least that's not Scott Drew told me. Today he was. You know, today he's put up big numbers. All right, here we go. Auburn. This one's going to be over. They miss the layup. And it looks like Baylor's going to seal the deal. And uh, Scott Drew is showing some emotion there. Showing some emotion because, again, this is one a, a huge comeback. What what Jacoby Walter? What were your 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 first impressions on him, Tyler? Oh, this is a big time game, and you know sometimes these freshmen, uh, especially he's one of the you know I would say one of the top uh, freshmen coming in this year in the country. But uh, he's got size, he's got strength, and sometimes these players can just come in right away and just really adapt athletically when they're gifted and they get their confidence up. Uh, I can't imagine how excited he was to step on the court tonight. Uh, I'm with you, though. I don't like the neutral games. I'd rather be at home, uh, see the fans, get some students involved. I like it. Uh, but uh, the, the other thing I want to say uh, to Max point and, uh, you know, to the transfer, there's a lot of value in these, these veteran players. And I, I realize he's a senior transfer uh, when I saw that. And that's one value to this portal is don't underestimate experience and some of these guys who have played a lot of college basketball uh, coming over and some of these schools getting these kids in the portal and having a big contribution to their team. Uh, you know, I, I think that's kind of an underrated aspect that a lot of people uh, don't really look at as these older players in the portal. All right, so Bruce Pearl, but how about this, that? You know what his record was coming into tonight in season openers in his career? 27 and one. 27 and one in his career. Bruce Pearl may play a cupcake next year, Mac. This may be it. I'm going to say, he didn't, play, he, he didn't play a lot of Baylors in opening game one. I can tell you that. And he he may he may not go for my new idea. My new idea is, is 16 teams uh, playing the first uh, week. You pick the, the teams, the matchups out of a hat in May, May 1st. And uh, 16 teams with coaches with job security. You know, everybody, Alabama, Arkansas, Baylor, Auburn, Virginia, teams like that, Purdue, get 16 of them, and you play, you know, two games on Monday. You're not going to play it on ESPN. You're going to play it on FS1 because of Monday Night Football. A couple on Tuesday, a couple on Wednesday on the deuce because you have uh, NBA on ESPN, and uh, you finish up Thursday and Friday. Um, I I think it would be something great to have for the sport. Anyway, you know what else is good for the sport? Rick Pitino at St. John's. Really good for the sport. Uh, they beat Gino Ford in, in Stony Brook tonight. Joel Soriano, the one holdover. How about that? One holdover, basically. He had 22-11. and 11. He brought Dennis Jenkins with him from Iona. He had a big game. Had a couple Ivy League transfer ads. Chris Ledlam had a huge game, 16-14. and 14. Jordan Dingle came over. He had 13. They're still missing R.J. Luis. A UMass transfer is probably going to start for him. Where are you with with Patino this year, Mac? What do you think he does, and what what constitutes a successful season for Patino at St. John's this year? Well, I think that 
Number one, I think they're going to be an NCAA tournament team. You know, they're one of the best conferences in the country. You know his guys are going to be amped up, especially when they're at home. He's one of the best coaches in the history of college basketball. You know, I think it's interesting when he first got the job after that press conference, it's like they didn't sign anybody for like a month. And it was like, what's what's taking so long? And then boom, 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 one after the other. To think that he's got the Ivy League player of the year coming off the bench and Jordan Dingle off the bench. And, and maybe that changes over time, but like um, that's impressive. And just watching them tonight, it's a typical Patino team. I felt like Stony Brook was getting sped up the entire night. Guys picking up, faking run and jump at you, uh, pressing the cumulative just harassment, whether it's full court, half court. And then his team goes 11 of 22 from the three-point line. You mentioned it before, like the one holdover. That's pretty good holdover. Soriano might be uh, – well, you got Kalkbrenner at Creighton, but he might be – you know, top two, top three big guys in the in the conference. And uh, I think Patino, after the game, mentioned he lost, what, 30 pounds? You know he's going to have him in, on the treadmill. You know he's going to have him in shape. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch St. John's this year. Hey, how, how many of those stories did you hear when you were at Louisville? The old lore stories of Patino, you know, with a microphone in practice, running dudes on the – you must have heard a few of them. I heard a lot of them, yes. Am I supposed were, to share them at this point or what? <laughs> no, Am I but, supposed but, to share listen, them at this point? No, you don't have to share them. You don't have to share them. I don't, I don't want you to get in trouble. But, um, <laughs> you know, I saw Patino a few weeks ago, Tyler. And uh, honestly, he doesn't act. He looks a little bit older than he did when he was at Louisville. When I, I was there a bunch, you know, through those Kevin Ware days and, and, and you know, Edgar Sosa and, Russ Smith and those guys, uh, he doesn't act much older. He's rejuvenated. You can tell because, again, he never thought he'd get this chance again. He thought he was done. And I said it when he got Iona. I was like, there's no way this is the last stop for Rick Pitino. There's no way because he's going to win at Iona and somebody else is going to hire him. How St. John's is not a great job, Tyler. It hasn't been relevant for years. But when you have Rick Pitino, when you could sell the NBA, and you could sell NIL, which he's got right now, that's a pretty strong trio. Absolutely. And it is amazing to me, uh, Patino, a guy who's coached through different eras of basketball, a guy who, you know, is an older school coach, but still has the same energy. But also a lot of people talk about coaches who, you know, would they be able to coach in the NIL era? Uh, you know, things like that. But Patino has made that transition uh, perfectly. He's gotten uh, St. John's. There's a lot of energy around that program right now. He's gotten a lot of, uh, you know, big time transfers. But his style works as the game evolves and a lot of people are going small ball. He continues to play his system and it's 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 just a winning system. And he's great at what he does. You know what he said to me, Mac, too? He said, you know, one of the things that it's easier to coach these guys right now is because he's so much older. He says, they kind of listen to me. They, they think I know what I'm talking about now because I'm a Hall of Famer and I'm old. So it's almost like I don't have to get up in them nearly as much. They're coachable and they kind of just listen to me because, you know, what I've done and, and, and you know, obviously the, the career he's had. 
Well, sure. That's a big part of it. I mean, anytime you have a pedigree um, and you have history of what you've done with other teams and other programs and the national championships that he's won, uh, you know, you're going to have the attention of your players, but uh, I don't for one minute think that he's just sitting back and sort of explaining things in drills. I think that he's still going to be uh, holding guys accountable to the highest level. I think the treadmills are still going to be humming on the side of practices <laughs> and, um, I think his guys are going to be in as good a shape as any players in the country. And that's just sort of been his MO for a long, long time. And that will continue to be until he's done coaching. Yeah. And I, I think he finishes at St. John's. I don't think he goes anywhere from there. I think this is his last stop. I don't know if they make a final four, but what I will say is he makes them relevant uh, now every single year, like year one, you got momentum. And now can you pick up in, in year two and three? I mean, they're going to get some good recruits because they got big-time NIL right now, big-time NIL. Yeah, they're, they're going to get some good recruits. And the other part of it is, you know, uh, MSG is always rocking, you know, whether it's a Big East tournament or whether you play St. John's there. And they only played a couple games, it seemed like, a year there. And I, I know that he's had uh, conversations to make sure. I'm not sure if every Big East game is there, but uh, virtually every single one of them is there in MSG. And I can only imagine on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, you know, playing the Johnnies in MSG with Coach Patino on the sidelines. It's going to feel different. You know what else? I would feel different. I wouldn't want to pick. I wouldn't want to get uh, opposite of them in the Big East tournament in the quarterfinal. Oh, no. I can tell you that. Hell no! You don't want to see them at all. At all. You know who else you probably don't want to see in a couple of years? Georgetown. I think it's going to take Eddie, obviously, Ed Cooley, a little bit longer. He didn't reload like Patino did right away, but Georgetown's got a lot of money around that program. He'll have NIL next year. I think this year they're, they're probably, if they're an NIT team, that's a hell of a year. I don't even think they're going to be an NIT team this year. They win tonight. They play LeMoyne. Cooley's first win at Georgetown. Uh, I love his, his top player is a kid who transferred from Fairfield. He got late, named Supreme Cook. Big kid. I saw him play last year in person against uh, New Hampshire. Uh, you know Cooley well, Mac, from your days, right, in the Big East? You know him pretty yeah. well? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, what do you think Cooley at Georgetown? First of all, how shocked were you when he left Providence, when you found out he left Providence for Georgetown? I don't know if shocked um... – I was surprised, though. You know, I think that when it came all the way down to it, I didn't think that he would make that jump. You know, I think there was obviously a lot of speculation leading up in the last month or so. Um, it seemed like that's who Georgetown was targeting. But at the end of the day, I wasn't quite sure that he was going to pull the trigger. Uh, and, and so I'm sure it's rejuvenated him. I'm sure he's – you know, anytime you, you take over a fresh new place, uh, you're learning for the very first time. But, you know, you can sort of do things uh, that have allowed you to be successful at your old place, but also maybe put some new spins on some things that uh, you always thought about doing, but uh, just didn't at your last place. And I think that Ed is, you know, he's a fire type coach. Players love playing for him. They're going to run through a wall for him. It's going to take him a little time to get you know, some of his guys, but obviously with the transfer portal, um, things can happen quicker than, than they used to be in the past. So uh, Ed will get it going. I have no doubt. Obviously tonight was an easy one, but um, 
you know, there, there's reason to be optimistic if you're a Georgetown Hoya fan. Tyler, I, I always say, you know, sometimes people talk about a job and they, they, they say it's not a good job. When to me, it's more on the previous coaching staff. I, I feel like Georgetown's one of those where people have said for 15 years now, Georgetown's not a great job. I think it's got high upside. The only detriment to Georgetown is the arena. It's an NBA arena. It's not on campus. It's huge. But I think if you win at a high level, they'll still they'll they'll come. They'll come no matter where if you win at a high level. I felt like Patrick Ewing, you know, unfortunately didn't get it done there. Um, John Thompson the third. Back when you were playing, he had him going a little bit, mm-hmm. and, and then it fell off. Um, what what's your take on this Georgetown job and what it can be at its ceiling? I think Georgetown is hungry to have a you know a good team back. I mean, they're a story program. Uh, when I was in college, they had uh, Roy Hibbert, Jeff Green, a lot of good players. They were still relevant. Final Four team. Uh, I had I see no reason why their ceiling can't be you know a contender. And I think uh, Cooley has a chance to uh, turn around a program faster than normal because of the portal. And I expect, you know, him to go portaling. And also Georgetown is an easy sell. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, history there. There's a lot of great players that have come through Georgetown. Uh, so I think they're hungry to get back to uh, what the program has always been. And also they needed a proven coach to come in and try to, you know, right the ship right away. Energy, energy. That's what the Georgetown program really didn't have, you know, coaching over the last 15 years. That, that was Cooley's different than everybody else, isn't he, Mac? Like his personality might be almost unique in college basketball. It's it's hard to say, but he's – I don't even know. How do you describe him? Well, he's got a big personality. And I think, you know, the thing I've I've always been impressed with uh, about Ed is his ability to connect with literally anybody. You know, he just has uh, a special gift, whether he's talking to the president uh, of the university, or he's talking to the guy that sweeps the floors. Uh, Ed makes people feel really good. And uh, it's not fake. It's genuine. It's sincere. And uh, he's got a loud personality. He's a funny guy. And, and he's a guy that, uh, you know, can get downright serious with his players and, and go to bat for them. And like I said before, kids love playing for him. They run through a wall for Ed. Um, he's going to do great things at, at Georgetown. Next and after dark, I'm going to tell you why my daughter was sweating it out in Bloomington, Indiana tonight and why I'm worried about the Indiana Hoosiers this season. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD200 and you will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly when placing your first wager of at least $10 with BetMGM. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code Field 200. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game, regardless of sport. You will receive $200 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure that you use the bonus code Field 200 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When across the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, 
parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. All right, welcome back. Field of 68 After Dark. I'm Jeff Goodman here with Chris Mack, Tyler Hansborough, and uh, not a great slate of games, but we had some interesting endings here. And, and Indiana, out in Bloomington playing Florida Gulf Coast was certainly one of those. They were down with 10 minutes to go. Uh, they are down a handful, and their offense looked awful in the first half. And they came back, they made a run, and, and they did it with the freshman Gabe Cups on the court and the higher-touted, highly-touted freshman, uh, Mackenzie Mbako, on the bench. And, and I like this. I don't know if Mike Woodson's going to be able to go with this, Mac, but I like it because I just think it gives them more balance and, and more of another ball handler, maybe another perimeter shooter. is a pretty good shooter, but I just don't love the front line, the spacing, when you have Mbako, um, Renu, and, and Khalil yeah. Ware. I, I don't like it. I feel like it's like a 1980s look, and, and I know they can all step out a little bit, but they're not really guys that you're going to respect stepping out. You're going you're gonna to dare them to make them until they start to make them. How much do you worry about that in this day and age when, to me, you you better have shooting, and they were four for 13 from three tonight as a team? Yeah, I, I've got to see a few more games for me to make a what I, I think would be an accurate assessment of the front court. I, I would say this. I thought Florida Gulf Coast, I thought their ball screen defense, downing or icing the ball screens on the side, really gave Indiana a tough way to go, especially for the first half. Uh, I was really impressed with Khalil Ware, though. They used him as a decision maker. Um, when they started down in ball screens, the guard started taking the ball down, throwing it back to the high post, and he made some really nice passes and almost became more of a distributor than scorer. Uh, I know that on, on the telecast they were talking about him being a, uh, you know, a first-round type of guy, and, and I can see that. His, his ability to, uh, to handle the ball and make decisions was impressive for a five. You know, you lose a guy like Trace Jackson Davis, who you're not necessarily going to be able to replace – production-wise, but uh, I was really impressed by by where. Um, and for Indiana to be able to, like, you know, take that punch, and uh, I think they went on, like, a 14 nothing scoring run in the second half and really mm -hmm. iced the game uh, down the stretch. But, uh, you know, Cups, Cups can be on the floor. He's a coach's son. You know, we recruited him. He has got a high IQ. He can shoot. Uh, and it gives you a second ball handler that maybe doesn't put Xavier Johnson – you know, feeling like he has the weight of the world and all the decisions on his back uh, as he's playing point guard for the Hoosiers. You know what? Early on, they didn't play with any emotion, any intensity. I thought Cups coming in gave him that defensively. He got up in dudes. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes you need that, right, Tyler? Like the one thing you did, you always play with intensity. You played with emotion. And I think, honestly, some of your teammates benefited from that because they were kind of cool dudes, right? Some of your teammates were not the most emo – Lawson, he was not emotional at all, was he? No, I think, you know, a lot of my teammates, you, know, you look at Wayne Ellington, one of the smoothest, calmest people you yeah. can play with. Uh, you know, energy is contagious, and not a lot of people talk about the spirit of a team. It's a huge factor. It can play a big role in any team and have great chemistry. But also, when I look at this Florida Gulf Coast – in Indiana game, if you're going to have some non-shooting lineups out there, you better out-rebound them. And I saw Florida Gulf Coast right. out-rebounded them, uh, which you've got to control the boards, especially 
if you're going to have an advantage size-wise like Indiana does. Uh, so you got to take care of that. But also Florida Gulf Coast shot 33%, I think, from the free throw line, which is, you know, probably may have cost them the game. Uh, those are super important. But uh, in today's game, uh, defense and, you know, pressuring the ball and all that stuff and uh, the downing of the ball screens and making people stay in front of you, I, I'm old school. I like defensive pressure. I like getting uh, into ball handlers, making them, uh, you know, turn the ball over, force some turnovers. I like hard hedges. I know it's old school, but I think it can be effective at times and not a lot of young players or college players see that type of defense a lot. And I think sometimes your best offense can be your best defense and lead to turnovers and fast break points. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So we, we talked about this a little bit earlier about these early season games, Mac, and, and how much you want to take from them. Like this one, right? Indiana struggles a little bit. They don't look great. They didn't look great in, in the exhibition games either. Again, I'm the only one who's got to watch, you know, I got to watch these only because of my daughter. But, um, but like, how much are you putting in these when, when, when you struggle or you're winning by 40, which a lot of these teams did yesterday? Like, what are you trying to take from these games? Well, I mean, I think it depends on where your program's at. But, like, listen, you know, not every low major and mid major team can be grouped all in one. You know, like, Florida Gulf Coast is good. You know, like, I don't want to throw any other team under the bus, but let's just say, like, Abysmo State Northwestern isn't good, right? And so when you see somebody beat them by 50, it's not the same as IU beating Florida Gulf Coast by six. I mean, Pat Chambers is a hell of a coach. He's got some really good players. I thought their scheme in terms of downing ball screens, and again, not being on IU staff, I don't know, did Florida Gulf Coast ever show that in the past? Who knows? I mean, it's game one. There's zero film. You might have an exhibition or two if you're lucky. And, um, you know, the Florida Gulf Coast film that you're watching, if you're IU's coaching staff, is uh, is a manager's copy that's probably, you know, cutting off every 30 seconds. So you don't even know the guy's numbers that you're watching. Uh, it's tough. It's tough, man. And, like, again, some of these cats can play. You know, you look at last year, you look at the Final Four, you got San Diego State. And you have Florida Atlantic. And there's a reason that some of these teams, you know, develop freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, and and all of a sudden you become a veteran-type team. I'm not really sure Florida Gulf Coast makeup, but just watching them, it it sure looked like those guys um, didn't bat an eye when they they lined up with the Hoosiers. You know, as I've I I think you can take – like if you're Mike Woodson, I I think you take away like, hey, listen, man, we we were down virtually the entire game. 
like you've talked about, now he knows that, that he can really trust cups out there. Uh, you know, who else can we develop? You start to tinker and you find out, like, as Tyler said, hey, man, we got our asses handed to us on the backboard. And if we're going to play, you know, guys that aren't necessarily perimeter-type players, then we, we've got to carve out a lot better identity inside the lane. And um, he'll figure it out, man. He's been around the game a long time. Yeah, the one thing I've learned over the years is not to overreact necessarily to one game. You know, you, like I remember a few years ago, Quentin Grimes, uh, who's not a great shooter, at Kansas Champions Classic, it was their first game, and he went for like 27. He was like five for seven from three. And I was just like, hey, is this good? And then he, everybody moved him up in the mock drafts after one game, and then he didn't make shots really the rest of the year. And, and again, you kind of learn – even Terrence Shannon last year in Vegas, if you remember, there was a game where he went bananas. I was at it. He didn't He didn't miss a three. And everybody's like, oh, my God, Terrence Shannon's going to be a great shooter now. And it's like, no, no, no. Everybody, you can have those games, those outlier games. So I think one of the things that you got to be careful of, not just with players but with teams, is not to overreact to one game right now early in the season because – so many teams have completely revamped, you know, personnel. Yep. Now, again, Michigan State didn't. That's the one thing that, that shocked me is, again, if that had happened to maybe a different team that had a completely new group, I would have been like, okay, no big deal. Give them a mulligan. Even Indiana, right? They lost four or five starters last year. They lost, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, yep. who was a, probably the second best player in the country. So you look at them and you say, all right, yes, it's so early. Mike Woodson's probably trying to figure out how to play. Again, for me, my biggest question mark isn't necessarily – it's more of the, the construction of the roster, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I hear you. But let me tell you something. When he goes in to watch film in the early in the morning or tonight, you know, it always feels a lot better to watch that film when you're 1-0 versus 0-1. He has a much different feeling than Tom Izzo watching that film right now. <laughs> no question. All right, before uh, before we hit our future segment, uh, sponsored by BetMGM, uh, I want to touch on one big uh, upset tonight. And Vanderbilt was without three key guys. All right, three key guys were, were sitting out due to injury, including their best player, Tyne Lawrence. Uh, but they lost to Presbyterian. Presbyterian – I think was 344 last year in, in Ken Palm. They had lost 18 straight games to end last season. Uh, Vandy had had momentum last year. At the end of the year, Stackhouse finally had momentum the second half of year four, and he gets hit by the portal a little bit. In fact, Lawrence went in the portal and then decided to come back to school, but he lost a bunch of other good players, and now they lose to one of the uh, worst teams in all of college basketball, Tyler. Um, are you worried about Jerry Stackhouse, his future in Nashville? Maybe a little bit. This is, uh, Obviously, this is a tough one, but Vanderbilt had an off night shooting and they had some of their key guys out. And Stackhouse is my guy. I can't come on here and uh, yeah. say bad, but hey, this one, you can't sugarcoat it. It's a tough loss for them. Uh, maybe they bounce back, but they have been a little sporadic. They've had big wins and then some, you know, kind of a roller coaster ride. Uh, but yeah, it's, this is a tough one. Well, I mean, my take, Mac, on this is, like, Vandy's got history. People forget about it. Like, 
when Kevin Stallings was there, he had it rolling. They had pros. They were developing dudes. It's a tough place to play, obviously, for the you know the the way the building's uh, constructed, mm-hmm. where the benches are. the The fans are pretty good there when they're winning. Um, what What do you think? How do you get it back if you're if you're stacked? Because again, we know he's a good coach. That's not the issue with Jerry Stackhouse. The issue, honestly, is getting enough talent and retaining that talent. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it before, though. He's got three ma- major guys out right now. You know, and Lawrence is, is a terrific player. Just watching them in the second half of the year last year, um, I mean, he, he was the guy that made them go. And obviously he's missing them, uh, missing him a lot. You know, I, I think that, you know, if Jerry's shown anything, it's his ability to have his team improve as the year goes on. Does he want to lose game one? Absolutely not. But, again, being shorthanded, um, you know, I'm sure that he'd be the first to tell you he's offering no excuses to lose to Presbyterian, you know, a team that hasn't really done much in the last five, ten years. But at the same time, again, I give him the benefit of the doubt of the guy that improves his team, and they were playing as well as anybody in the SEC at the end of the year a year ago. All right, next, our future segment. I'm going to give you a team that's plus 800 that I'm going with to win the SEC. Uh, So make sure you come back. Feel the 68 after dark. Next. College basketball season kicks off this week, and there is no better way to get prepared for the wild finishes, the bad beats, and the total unpredictability of the sport that we all love than by purchasing access to the Almanac, a project that we at the Field of 68 partnered on with three-man weave, heat check CBB, and verbal commits. Unlike last season, the Almanac is no longer a PDF. Rather, it is a website that features more than 1,500 words on each and every one of the 362 Division I teams in college basketball. We wrote more than 800,000 words in total. We spoke to every single Division I head coach to get a feel for the rosters, the rotation, the projected starter lineups, and what they think their team is going to look like this year. For everyone, from the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, they deserve to be covered like they matter. And over at the Almanac, that is precisely what we do. Access costs just $19.99 for the year and can be purchased at the link in the description below. And now, back to our show. All right, welcome back, Field of 68 After Dark. And now we've got our Bet MGM Futures segment where we go around to a couple of the leagues and give you our take on who we like and maybe some value picks. All right, we're going to start in both of your leagues. All right, we're going to we're, we're going to go ACC, make it easy for both of you guys. Uh, Duke, the clear favorite, Tyler, plus one twenty-five. Your Carolina Tar Heels, second, plus three seventy-five. Miami, plus five hundred. Virginia, Tony Bennett wins the league every year, plus seven hundred. I'm going to take Tony Bennett just because I think it's value. And again, like it's Tony Bennett. He wins the damn league every year. Why wouldn't I take him at plus 700? Am I, am I crazy, Mac? Yeah, you're crazy. I don't know if it has anything to do with Virginia winning the league or not, but um, I, that, that's not a bad bet. You know, very, very good value. Um, I'm going to actually get a little bit more value, I think. I'm going to go with Brad Brownell of Clemson. I, I think that wow. he's, got a really, he's got a really good team this year. And um, – I just I think I think it's going to be the Tigers' year. I really do. I like the addition of Joe Girard. I think PJ Hall is completely healthy. Obviously, Chase Hunter's really good. Um, 
I, I really like their team. I I still think Duke's obviously the favorite, but I think if you're going to take a value pick for me, it would be the Clemson Tigers. Tyler, you can, you're going to take Carolina, aren't you? Plus 375, you like that. I know you do. You know what? This is going to be shocking. I'm taking Duke, and they're returning to oh. five starters. I know I'm a front runner, but uh, listen, I actually do like Duke's you know, roster right now. I think Ryan Young plays a great part. He's an underrated piece that not a lot of people talk about. Uh, but also Filipowski getting healthy. He talks about he's feeling much better. You know, he had a great year last year. I can't imagine the type of year he's going to have when he feels, uh, you know, pretty good. But uh, for me, I think a key is Jeremy Roach. A lot of people aren't talking about last year. He dealt with a lingering issue uh, that kind of, you know, hindered his play a little bit. I think he's going to catch his stride and become the player that a lot of people thought he was. But a sleeper for me was actually Miami and uh, Norchad O'Meara. I think he's good. Uh, Wuga Poplar, I think he's uh, also a veteran guard coming back and play both ends of the court. Uh, and Laranega can really coach. All right, it's time to talk about Vaulted. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's the place to store your own bowl predictions forever. And by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can pr prove you're smarter than your friends. Go download the Vaulted app and give it a try for free. Vaulted is spelled V-L-T-E-D. It's the app to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without any entry fee. Download Vaulted today. All right, Tyler, here's my Vaulted challenge to you. I went in there and I said Louisville is going to win less than nine games this season. Tyler, what is your take? Louisville, under nine, less than nine games. Are you with me or, or do you disagree? No, I'm with you, and I would raise your bet. I, I, I actually called a game that they lost to Kentucky Wesleyan, and I do, do not know how that Louisville lost to them. Uh, it's uh, Louisville's in a, in a tough situation. It's not too optimistic times right there. I don't really see – you know, the bright spots. I, I don't really have them winning much this year. I'm with you, Jeff. All right, we're going to hit the SEC quick futures, all right, because I, I really like one here a ton. Um, Tennessee, Tennessee's plus 300. They're the favorites. Texas A&M next with Buzz Williams is plus 500. Florida plus 600, as you see. Kentucky plus 600. Arkansas plus 800. And Alabama also plus 800. I love Arkansas here for the value. Am I am I nuts? But like like Musk, it takes some time. But once he figures it out, like they're usually pretty damn good in January. I just think this thing is wide open. I think you could throw a dart at any one of the. And I wouldn't have Florida ahead of Kentucky, Arkansas, or Alabama. Um, I think you you could say any one of these five teams can can win it, Mac. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think there's a clear cut favorite. Obviously, Tennessee veteran defends you. Uh, I, I like Buzz's group a lot, um, but I, I think that's why I think that's why the odds are so high, even for the odds-on favorite. There, um, I think it's sort of a crapshoot. With I would go with probably six teams, you know, including Alabama, and in that um, that have an opportunity to win the SEC. You got you got anybody in the SEC, Tyler? I think I'm gonna roll with Tennessee. I like uh, I think uh, Zach 
Zakai Ziegler is going to get healthy. But also, I'm with you. I do like Musk. I like Arkansas. Travion uh, Brazil is healthy now. I think he's a big-time player. Could be an impact right away. Uh, so I like both of those picks. I don't think there's a clear favorite here. Last one before we get to our toast of the night. Big East. Uh, defending national champs, UConn plus 275. Marquette, the same. Creighton plus 320. Those three are, are super close. I, I kind of like Villanova. I've said that I think they have a chance to go to the Final Four. I know people question them because of Kyle Neptune, and it's not Jay Wright coaching them, but I think they're old. They've got a couple guys that have been in the program for a while, and, and Eric Dixon and Justin Moore. Moore's healthy. So I'm going with uh, with Nova plus 600 here. Mac? You know what? I hate to piggyback off of you for, for more than one reason, man. I, I actually had Villanova as well. You know, it's really good value. Uh, the fact that they dismantled American the other night is one thing, but what really caught my attention was having four guys in double figures. The fact that they have Baker Dunleavy back on the bench, I just feel like the culture that Jay um, really drove and, and, and created there at Villanova, obviously with a hiccup last year, you know, it's, it's a learning curve for Kyle. Uh, I know he was at Fordham, but, like, that's a different animal at Villanova. And I think him having a veteran crew, um, you know, Justin Moore being healthy, I, I just think that's really good value. I like Villanova. I think that culture is going to be back, seen on the floor, uh, just like it was last night against American. Oh, you're not going the favorite again, are you? You're not making a trifecta of favorites I, here. I can't be a front runner uh, across the board. Actually, I did have – uh, the favorite, but I'll switch it up real quick. I'm actually going to roll with Creighton. I like Colt Brenner. I like what McDermott's doing there. Uh, I think they're, you know, they, they've got some guys coming back that are key and they can score at times. And I think Colt Brenner makes him a defensive threat uh, when he's in the yeah. game. So I, I think Creighton's going to be uh, a contender. All right, let's get to our toast of the night. All right, I'm going to start us off. It's easy for me. All right, this guy lost 18 straight games last year, uh, Quentin Farrell uh, at Presbyterian, the head coach, to end the season. Mm. They get a win right away. Game one, they beat Vanderbilt tonight. Quentin, you deserve this this Allagash white that I just popped open. So congrats, my man. Congrats and enjoy it. And I hope you pop open more than just one tonight. What do you got, Mac? I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with uh, Mountain Dew Zero here, and um, <laughs> that's going to be – yeah, man, it's, it's a, what, Tuesday night? <laughs> I got to ease off the Miller Lights. I just want to uh, give a shout-out to Jacoby Walter. Um, I know we talked about him earlier in the program, but a freshman, a, a big-time game, playing against Auburn, goes 10 of 10 from the foul line, 28 points, really was, was the guy for a while, especially in the first half. Uh, when his teammate was struggling. Uh, here's to Jacoby Walter, the freshman. Hopefully he has many more games for the Baylor Bears, just like he did tonight. Tyler, who you got? Finish it off. Well, I got my Gatorade zero here, Mac. Uh, but I'm going to roll with uh, Cormac Ryan 
uh, I'm still hanging around the Smith Center every once in a while. And every time I'm down there getting a workout in, I see him in there putting in work. Uh, and so it's been good for Carolina. And I know he had a good start to the to the year. And it's good to see that hard work pays off. Uh, so he's getting my shout out tonight. You know, there's a rule. You know, there's a rule, right? They have to have played tonight, Tyler. Not last night. They played last night. So, so <sighs> next time, you're a veteran by now. It's not your rookie right, year you're right. anymore. <laughs> Sorry, we'll you're right. You I'll, I'll have one. We're <laughs> going to give you a mulligan. You See, Tyler's been playing too much damn pickleball. That's his problem, Mac. Nothing wrong with pickleball. About three hours a day. All right. All right, listen. Uh, for Chris Mack, for Tyler Hansbro, for our producer, Dagan Hughes, I'm Jeff Goodman. Thanks for joining us. Feel the 68 after dark. We'll see you tomorrow night. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.